another episode of Soccer Rangers Podcast. I'm Amy, I'm the Pink Ranger. Then we don't do the intro like this anymore. Do it, do it. I'm Cole, I'm the Red... No, that's not right. Yes, Yeah, perfect. do not try to steal my thunder. I'm Robert, I'm the... Wait a minute, he's not here. I'm the Black Ranger. I'm Cole, I'm the Green Ranger. I'm John, I'm the Silver Ranger. See, I'm going to keep it how it's supposed to be. <laughs> I am the Pink Ranger, uh, and welcome to our <laughs> podcast. Here we talk about uh, conventions. What are those? Uh, uh, well, um, we yeah, used to knows? talk about conventions. Uh, we talk about cosplay and nerddom in general. Ooh. And I want to talk about um, something in gaming news that has made an impact. Hmm. Mm. Sephiroth oh. is in Smash. Ooh, no, I'm sorry. Yes. We're talking about Genshin Impact. I was going to week. say, you mean the internet turning into a dumpster fire again because of uh, Last of Us Part Two winning the Best of the Year at the Video Game Awards? Really? So Rob, do you want to talk about that? Real quick? I really don't want to talk about that. I I'll admit I am still currently playing through it. Me too. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm not playing it. I'm watching Tyler play it because too spoopy. I, I I want I want. <laughs> I want us to, next year. Our, I think our first podcast is going to be a best and worst of the year oh. event, mm-hmm. and we're going to go and talk or tackle a couple of things. Not necessarily what is best and worst, but some of the perceptions of best and worst, and whether or not we agree with them or not. Can uh, it be a black tie event? Oh, it should be a black tie event. Most Ooh, everyone wants to. Yeah, no, we'll we'll be talking about some of that stuff. I liked what we did with anime last year. This year, I'd like to make it a little bit more open uh to the audiences so so don't uh, even tune games. in unless you're in a tux yeah only yeah, tux. exactly yeah no if you're not if you're not dressed for the occasion don't listen to that podcast so please listen <laughs> no. to the rest of them because we love you guys and you know you help us with charitable donations Woo-hoo, all the fun stuff oh yes yes no gotta look good gotta look good viking chic um genshin impact is a game Indeed and <laughs> It has been described as Breath of the Wild gotcha hell. Um, oh, jeez. It has been described as addicting. Uh, what it is is it's an open world game with a gotcha um, mechanism to unlock characters. And um, you get your daily quests. There is a two-player mode, but you don't unlock it for an obnoxiously long time. And it has become incredibly popular uh, and I think most people have a Genshin waifu these days, because <laughs> holy damn, cute girls. That's why I play. Okay, I have to ask, for those who don't know, uh, what is that the gotcha? Um, yeah, so Yes, you for the can... coal in the room. <laughs> for the coal in the room. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, so the gotcha is where you... They do Primo Gems, and you can buy a Wish with a bunch of Primo Gems. But you can also buy something else with real money and do it. I don't know what that is because I, I don't... Is it essentially a loot like box? a shard or something. Yeah. Let, so it's going to sound like I don't play the game. I do. I just can't well, remember all I, the... I actually think it sounds like you do play the game. Because you're speaking to this particular event, not just gotchas as a whole. Uh, may I? <laughs> yes. Okay, cool. Oh, I am just talking about, yes, yeah, on yeah. a broader scale. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, uh, gotcha games, or, you know, just the gotcha system, uh, it's referring to Gashapon, is where the name really comes from. Capsule toy vending machines in Japan is really oh, okay. where this has been popularized. Exactly. It's a chance for a random item on there. Um, really popular in the collecting scene. Uh, anybody who is a fan of Super Sentai, Kamen Rider, Precure. Uh, there's a lot of these things all over Japan, and yeah, it's a popular trend. Something that's been going on for the last several years as especially mobile gaming has become more popular, and beyond that now we're starting to see this bleed into uh, PC and home console games. Free-to-play games have changed a lot uh, from where they were just a couple of years ago. I think we all remember some of the Endless Runners where you'd get a couple of free plays with it, and then you'd have to actually spend money Mm -hmm. uh, in order to go and get yourself more plays, or you'd have to wait for a cool-down period to happen. Or send gifts to friends, and then they'd have to send gifts back. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Like on Candy Crush. Yep, perfect examples right there. 
Uh, that's part of the reason why mobile gaming, despite making a lot of money, never really became a major thing. It was never able to go and compete. Remember when people used to talk like, oh, geez, mobile gaming, it's going to go and destroy the video game industry. It's going to go and take away from console players, and then it's just going to be the PC Master Race left over. Yes, we remember those comments, PC Master Race. Anyway. And then it the ended gotcha. up just appealing to moms and... Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> like, like it's a... I don't know. I think mobile gaming, not necessarily like gacha gaming, like Fate Go or Fire Emblem, but a lot of mobile games are simple, like Bejeweled, and kind of appeal to like an older demographic. Yeah. Well, and those are also simple and highly addicting game models right there. And mm -hmm. yeah, they can be very predatory, much more in the vein of, say, the loot box discussion that we talk about with games like FIFA or... Overwatch. Yeah, I'm just going to go and say it. Every shooter ever anymore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, it's Overwatch. Yeah, no, just it, it's all that kind of stuff. Gotcha games her pose a kind of interesting thing, because most of them are truly something that can be just played without ever actually having to invest anything monetarily into it. That being said, it is incentivized to go and have you play with those kind of options. The ability to go and, you know, do a random roll, a, you know, gotcha. Yeah, oh, <laughs> a wish in this case. A wish. Yes. I wish this game was and better. be able to go and get, you know, in this game's case, uh, more assets to go and help you fight with. Or in other games, whether it be extra players, extra weapons, armor, any sort of unlockable content. It's an interesting thing, and especially in the... I'm going to go just with the Japanese market in particular here because this is yeah. really where a lot of this has come. The draw that is waifu oh, is a geez. very, very compelling mm -hmm. thing That's huge. for many people yep. that want to go and play a game like this. And I will go and say, it is a very, very integral part of the game. And if you are not going and wasting an entire paycheck trying to go and get your dream waifu, there's something clearly wrong with you. Apparently. I don't know. I got my waifu in the first... I didn't know, because like, when I went into Genshin, it's not like it's so... I tried the Fate mobile game, and I didn't really like the gameplay, and I couldn't get yeah. around that enough to do the rules. Um, I found the gameplay kind of mindless. Um, maybe I just didn't understand it. And then there was just a lot of um, JRPG-style character text, character text um, narration. So they were trying to weave this really great plot, like Fate does, these complicated plots. And everyone who follows me because my Fate cosplay is unfollowing while hearing this. But the game wasn't... For shame. The gameplay wasn't good enough for me to spend money or to try to earn a way to roll the gacha to get get my girls um the neat thing about genshin is really you don't know too much about them with your character design because there's no anime or manga it's based on um yeah, and kind of yeah. oh do you know something i don't uh apparently <laughs> well uh, let me finish I, my i'm, I'm gonna let you finish your thought here and then yeah. we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this game i've got some stuff on the behind the scenes development side of things okay well um yeah <laughs> I didn't know that I loved Noelle until she fell into my lap. I wish literally. <laughs> and um, this local maid is fucking invincible. I love her. She's so beautiful. She makes me think of Rem from ReZero. Um, but I love white hair, and she's so cute, and I want to cosplay her, except I hate armor. Um, but I guess there's... What, what, what is... What, educate me, Rob. Okay. Um, so, Genshin Impact is kind of... An interesting monster altogether. Uh, so it's Are you talking brought about to us Paimon? by. Sorry, you what? Said monster. You said Man? there's a monster. Are you talking about Paimon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, yeah, that's uh, play the game and you'll find out what that means. Anyway. Sweet emergency rations. So who's the producer? Uh, so that actually is where I was going to start. Uh, so the developer and publisher. Uh, it's a company called MiHoYo. Uh, so they're an interesting company. They've developed a lot of games in the Unity engine. 
Uh, they're based in Shanghai, uh, Shanghai, China. Probably not too surprising on there. Uh, some people might remember them for their last big hit game, uh, Hunkai Impact 3rd. This has been featured by a lot of popular anime YouTubers. Uh, they've done a lot of ad buys on YouTube. Uh, and for a while there, it was one of the more popular games to be streamed on Twitch. I know that's been a few years, but it was kind of a big thing for a while there. Uh, so it was originally founded by three students based in Shanghai's uh, Jaitong University and has grown into a much bigger company as a whole. Uh, it's actually kind of interesting. Their name is a conjunction of a whole bunch of things, but it basically comes from a shorthand of Tech Otaku Save the World uh, <laughs> is what the company's name is. Awesome. I actually think this is kind of a cool thing. I This game's gotten a lot of hate pre-release as being a Legend of Zelda clone, and I will go and say... So many of those, though. There's definitely some visual elements in particular that have that feel about it. That being said, this company has been very straightforward. They were all big fans of Breath of the Wild when it came out, really inspired by it, and especially by, this is a big one here, the intention behind this game was to go and have it as a multi-platform release. So, multiple mobile platforms, PC, Mac by extension, because there's ways of sideloading, uh, and then PS4 initially, because Sony was so interested in this, they wanted a piece of it, and it's getting a port to Switch as well. Oh, jeez. Oh, I didn't know that. That doesn't surprise yeah, me at no, all, Yeah, no, Nintendo has actually been talking with these guys. If it wasn't for Sony actually buying console exclusivity for a while, mm. uh, this would already be on the Switch. It's actually very cool. They're big fans of Nintendo, and it seems that at least by looking at things that Nintendo is fans of them. So, I think it will do uh, fantastic on the Switch. Uh, I, I think so as well. I think it's arguably one of the biggest markets that it could go and get into, and one that I think it's going to do very well with. Uh, but, yeah, so going into this, though, because this is where things get kind of interesting. Oh, yeah? So, uh, when this game was coming into development, unlike their previous titles, this was one that was supposed to be developed as a full multimedia project. This is really their attempt at being able to go and stretch their legs and really go and flex uh, their development might. So this started off with a team of 100 people that were working on Genshin Impact. Mm -hmm. The active team right now is about 300 people. They are actively working oh, on expanding the game, adding more content, and expanding the world. Apparently, somewhere around uh, a third of the team is actively working in the writing room, developing more lore, and trying to go and flesh out the world. One of the things that's gone on is they've actually partnered with a couple of other companies to develop more outside content. Uh, while I do think it may be a little bit generous to go and call it uh, manga, just on their main website, they actually do have uh, multiple comic stories that are running that were released before the game came out. And they've now had several in chapter releases that have come out since. Oh, cool. oh, kind of like Overwatch, where they're not intending on establishing like a huge comic presence, but it is supplemental. It, exactly. Although, I will go and say, unlike Overwatch, it's very clear that this is something they thought through everything ahead of time, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> it it didn't just aligns with the canon of the game. Yeah, that's just it. You know, it didn't start off as a multiplayer, or the multiplayer portion of a cancelled project, <coughs> Titan, Burn. that they turned into a standalone multiplayer game. And people got so into the characters, they decided they had to actually go and write a full story and go and flesh out the world, not just yeah. make some interesting characters that you'd want to play as. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, Genshin <laughs> actually actively fights against it being an MMO. Like, the multiplayer is very limited, but we can get into that later. Yeah, no, it's, it's actually really fascinating. Like, I actually have a lot of respect for the guys that are making this game. I have a lot of respect for the team. Um... And, yeah, I know I'm kind of going and shooting something down just saying this, but calling it a Breath of the Wild clone does feel a little bit exaggerated on there, because that's just what a lot of people think. Something about Breath of the Wild people need to go and realize and appreciate. Part of the reason why it is animated the way that it is was more than just a stylistic choice. Part of that was also being able to go and get the game to render properly. The original <laughs> early cuts of the game 
were much more impressive looking and used a much more realistic graphic style. The problem is when they made it an open world game, draw distance becomes an issue. Oh yeah. And especially <laughs> for more is. That's just it. And for more limited mobile hardware, which the Switch, despite it being I feel weird saying this, it might be my favorite console of all time. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it is just good. It is really limited in its power and what it can do and do, especially based around when it came out. I think if they do a refresh of this, you know, the 4K switch they're talking about that may be in development right now with NVIDIA's new mobile GPUs, it could really be something great with very minimal work. But at the time it came out, that was as good as you could expect. And even then, still extremely limited by comparison to its comp- or by its competition. And quite honestly not that much more powerful than what a lot of smartphones were able to do. But once again, featuring NVIDIA Tiger processors uh, for GPU acceleration, they were able to get more out of it. The switch over to that cel-shaded style made it so that they could go and have a less detailed world, but could go and feature more facets, more elements, and make something that looked stylistically more brilliant, as well as just felt more grand, quite honestly, because it's not something we were really used to. The fact that these guys copied that to be able to make sure that Android players, regardless of on what platform, as long as they had, you know, enough power to go and be able to run Android. I think Android 6 is the minimum requirement on this one. The fact that they designed it to be able to work that way really meant that they needed to do some sort of a trick like that. The fact that they drew inspiration from this have been very open about it. I think if you want to go and say that they went and took a lot of the tricks and made almost a love letter to it, that's fair. Calling it a clone, that that's a really I mean, backhanded way of looking at it. I didn't know that was Breath the reason. Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, John. Oh, sorry. I was saying I didn't know that was the reason they went with the artistic choice for Breath of the Wilds, and now that actually makes a whole lot more sense. Yeah, it's no, very, it, it's funny, yeah. Cause, very... Uh, I, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was just saying I love the art style for Breath of the Wilds, and that's one of the cool parts about Gishin Impact, is just everything is so dang beautiful. Yeah. No, that's just it. It's it's a great visual look. Quite honestly, I don't think Breath of the Wild would have worked as well as it did without that style. You know, we, we all, I well, at least I remember, I don't think most people remember the Wii U launch video. Oh, God. Where they showed us a whole bunch of tech demo stuff, and then we got to see this little thing with, you know... Oh, hey, look, it's Legend of Zelda. Okay, you got your inventory down here on the gamepad, and then we've got this really cool-looking, really high-detailed textured world and all that. It's like, I love the idea of that, but it's very clear when they changed development cycles, that wasn't going to work anymore. Oh, totally. And they came up with something really magical. And between that, Age of Calamity, which I'm playing right now, Oh, jeez. <laughs> and the only thing I'm currently pre-ordering right now, Breath of the Wild 2, oh, says yeah. a lot. And the fact that I'm complimenting this just makes me feel really weird, because, yeah, I was one of those guys that really did believe that this was a clone, for all intents and purposes. Uh, well, yeah, um, well uh, oh, sorry. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> oh, um, it... Having an open-world game that is a little more simplistic makes it a lot easier to interpret what you're looking for, know when something's a collectible, when you need to pick something up. Um, I don't know, I think it kind of makes it easier to navigate since there is so much to navigate. And I think that as time goes on, Breath of the Wild really rewrote the rules for an open-world game. Mm-hmm. And I think the, you know, the main things are that gliding system is, is very similar. And that fact that there's just a lot of grassy fields. But, like, lots of areas are going to have grassy fields. Mm-hmm. But then again, I didn't play Breath of the Wild. I've only played Genshin Impact. Um, I was just playing it, and Tyler was watching, and he was like, oh, this looks like Breath of the Wild. But um, based on gameplay, I think those are the main similar- similarities. And I yeah. guess the, the um, wall climbing stamina feature... But I think those are just good game mechanics that allow you to explore, but do put some limitations on, you know, how much can you climb at once, how much can you fly at once, while mm-hmm. still, you know, making it challenging, but still accessible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'd agree with all that. So, uh... Uh, can I say something real quick? Go for it. Yeah, um, first off, um... I was just looking here. Did you guys realize that Breath of the Wild's been out for, like, already been out for three years? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That's 
wild. It feels recent. <laughs> and on top of that, which is kind of makes it funnier, uh, Skyrim in and of itself has been out for ten. <laughs> or, or nine. Uh. We... No, what's weird is the fact that it's been re- released more times than it's been <laughs> been alive in terms of years. Yeah, that's so technically that's true. That's what's insane. Yeah, I guess that makes true, <laughs> Like considering on every single console in it. Yes, Alexa! No, oh, yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Something... Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. There was just one other thing that I wanted to... Oh, oh, sorry. Uh, the one thing that I wanted to talk about, actually, was the fact that also with the iPad, mm-hmm. what you said about the Switch, I mean, is that it's essentially pretty much an upgraded mm-hmm. iPad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I... <laughs> <laughs> And you know what? Honestly... There's some truth to that. It, it, I'm not even going to pretend it. The Switch is, in some respects, a, just a tablet with a little bit more going on behind the scenes. The difference is, though, Nintendo is so good when it comes to optimization of their products and making platforms so easy to develop on that you're even going and seeing... This is weird to think about, given on... Once again, the discussions about how mobile games were going to kill consoles a few years ago we're now going and seeing a lot of indie developers aren't even trying to go and come out first on like steam or the epic game store they're shooting for switch Mm -hmm. it has become such a popular development platform that a lot of mobile games become available on it first a lot of multi-platform games are being launched initially or being developed specifically for the Switch in the first place. It's crazy to think about after Nintendo's massive failure with the Wii U that this essentially Android tablet is now one of the most beloved game consoles ever and one of the most highly coveted development, or I should say release platforms on the market right now. Yeah, no kidding. And I think brilliant on them... Uh, going and instead of being the typical Nintendo thing and just suing over anything that looks like infringement of their intellectual properties instead said which is typical yeah can you make a version for us too (laughs) yeah but Sony's got an exclusivity deal with us for consoles we'll wait we'll make money on it anyway it's gotta be a timed exclusive Yeah, we'll we'll make one for you we'll do it (laughs) this is really flattering thank you thank you I think they're huge. We'll make money on it no matter what. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's been interesting that game developers, we got used to this old way of thinking where game developers make their money based on you purchasing the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this trend really kind of started, or the mainstream starting of it was like of games coming out for free that were of like a really high quality was Doki Doki Literature Club. Oh, good People Lord. People not believe that was free. And then another recent release that was similar was Helltaker. Um, and I think they're doing it to kind of just get you interested in their company. And it worked. It worked for Rob. You'd never heard of this developer, or maybe like even maybe just once heard of this developer before this. By making it free, it's really um, sparked a lot of interest. Yeah, know. no, it's. Accessibility it, is a great thing to have. Accessibility is a big deal. And I will go and say, I think it goes a little bit beyond that, because, like, uh, Team Fortress went free-to-play a long time ago, Counter-Strike, Global Offensive, all of that stuff. There's been a lot of free-to-play games, but I will go and say, it's been interesting to go and see on how there's been a big paradigm shift. Because whereas those games have made their monetization... Uh, largely through cosmetic purchases, through uh, real focused uh, offerings. It's been interesting seeing on how a lot of things that have been controversial are starting to refine into something that people are looking at in a more positive way. You know, we've talked about the loot box controversies in the past. You know, is it gambling and all that? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'll be blunt here. As much as I enjoy playing Overwatch, I hate their loot box system the fact that now i've been playing for so long and i'm at such a high level that despite the fact that there are things i have not unlocked i'm sometimes having four or five boxes in a row that are just giving me duplicates of other items 
at least give me gold or something like that if you're going to give me a duplicate on there. I'm fine with not getting a new thing every single time eventually you run out. They give you but at least give me something to... You get a little bit of gold for the duplicate. Not but you're talking about like 15 coins on there. Yeah. It's like... Hold on, you couldn't even give me, like, at least 150 gold, you know, like, one of the basic ones that you clearly have an option for in there. Things like that, I don't think very highly of. I don't think that it's predatory in nature, I want to make that point. I don't think that it's gambling. But that kind of design doesn't do a lot for me. And I hate things like the way that, say... Angry Birds was monetizing a lot of their stuff through making you watch ads and stuff like that to continue going through. That, to me, I go and find really hostile. Mm -hmm. Like, you're basically forcing me, if I want to keep playing your game, that I have to go and consume somebody else's product? No, I, I don't like this. That's not cool. Yeah, not at all. But this gotcha trend has definitely been an interesting one because... There is some guarantee of return. Mm -hmm. Even if it's not something that I necessarily want, there's always something going on there. Whether it go and be some sort of a cosmetic, whether it go and be a new character. They're fully developing these things that incentivize you, yes, to go and spend money. But there's always a guarantee of something coming out of it. Well, there is also a guarantee. Um, like, there was one not sweeps, but there was one um, event going on that mm -hmm. if you rolled three, you were guaranteed a five-star character. Yeah. So, like, if you do spend money, it's not just going to be, like, swords forever. You will eventually get the character. Um, or, like, one yeah. of the characters. Usually there'll be certain events that have a character you're rolling for. Like, mm -hmm. no Noelle, you could get, you would have gotten her on either of your two rolls, I think. I know, she's mm -hmm. my favorite. I don't have very many characters because I haven't spent money on it. But it is, like, the characters are very different in the way that they play. Mm -hmm. They're not just reskins. So by kind of slowing down your progress of how you can get the characters, you can't just buy all of them. Or you can't just buy a whole bunch of wishes and get a whole bunch of characters at once. But because mm -hmm. I'm playing it the slow way and haven't spent any money on it, Every time I get a character, I really, like, investigate, like, how to use them and all their new stuff and, like, how to do, like, my favorite combo is I'll use Barbara's water thing. She, like, does this water attack and gets a hula hoop that gets all the enemies wet. And then I'll go as Kaya and I'll freeze everybody. And then I'll mm -hmm. go as Noelle and I'll just wail on them. And then I'll repeat <laughs> the cycle. So, I don't know. It's cool to play with the combinations. And because I'm <laughs> at a slower pace, I honestly don't play this game correctly, guys. Um... <laughs> I played online with two of my friends, and they were so efficient. <laughs> I kind of just head in a direction and try to unlock some of my map and unlock my waypoints. And sometimes I do all my daily quests, and sometimes I don't. And okay. I never run out of resin. <laughs> like, can, can I just say that with a game like this, you're playing it fine. Like, I actually really hate... When I, I'll admit, I don't watch a lot of these guys anymore just because it really annoys me when they're talking about how to play a game right. And it's just like, if a game is something I want to play, it's because I want to have fun playing it. And I might not play it the way that I'm supposed to. <laughs> that I is just the way that I work. Well, I don't play a lot of open world games because they're like, uh, t kind of time sucks, but, um, mm -hmm. or they can be but I yeah. kind of am appreciating the need to slow down with a game now and then because of this mm -hmm. game. So I, I don't know. Um, and I like playing the multiplayer, and I also like just putzing around by myself. The multiplayer is a little weird, though. Um, it is super advantageous to the person. Who, you don't get it until you're at level 15 or 16, um, and they do that so that you can't grind up a character and gift the other character things, I guess. Um I don't know. There's there's actually a lot of limits to leveling up, so you can't just grind it all out in, like... You can't... I don't know. There's a limit to how much grinding... How much you can accomplish grinding in one sitting. Uh, because of things like resin limits, um, which is, like, a daily allotment of something to open certain treasure chests. Um, but anyway, the multiplayer, like, if we go to my world, I can only open the treasure chests, um... And you can kill enemies and get experience and pick up, like, artifacts, which they just changed. You used to not be able to do that. 
but um, I don't know. I luckily like I'm at a lower level than a lot of my friends, so they don't mind coming to my world because if I went to their world, I'd be spanked. But <laughs> I don't know. I I like yeah. Go ahead, Cole. Yeah. Um. For me, I I I don't know. It's just I've never been been one of those to, that pay for anything. Like I've used to play Clash of Clans, and I'm just gonna let it go. I'm just not gonna do anything with it. But at the same time, when it comes to games like this, it just always seems like it's more of a time sink than anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's just one of those things that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And sometimes, but then again. There's other games where you can spend hours and hours and hours and hours just grinding and grinding and grinding and get max level, max whatever. And, of course, then then they have stop gates and stuff like that. So, I don't know. It's just one of those things that just is a little bit confusing. But uh, but it, you get used to it after a while. Yeah, I mean, it it's, it's still fun to do it that way. I, I don't know. Because I'm really impressed with the game for being a free game. Um, and I even, like, was in... Um, uh, PB and Jaded is a, a Twitch streamer I follow, and I was in her chat, and I was like, I'm gonna, yeah, they're actually really nice. I had a anyway, they had a really cool thing where we were playing on Overwatch. This is a side tangent. I'm doing it anyway. We were playing Go on Overwatch, it. and they were like, uh, "Cosplay me, I like your Instagram." And I was like, "What?" And they're like, "We thought your username looked like an Instagram handle, so we looked you up." And then I got like eight new followers. So I went to their Twitch stream, and they were like, cosplay me, we stand, we stand cosplay me in this chat. <laughs> <laughs> New really fans. Cool. So I followed them, and they followed me, and I watched some of them playing, and they were like, now that you're not Moira on the opposite team, we can win. <laughs> it was uh. really fun. So um, we stand PB and Jaded. But <laughs> I don't know what I was saying. Oh, they were saying Genshin Impact seemed too good to be true, so they started playing it but stopped because they were very suspicious that uh, it would get to the point where they could no longer play for free and the rug would be pulled out from under them, so to speak. But really, like, you can keep enjoying the game for free indefinitely. Like, there's just less variety in the characters and you might not get the character you really want. Like, um, I really want Badoo. Not Badoo. I always say Badoo in my head like the Pokemon. (laughs) Uh, and then I pronounce it. You Badoof. want the sexy Badoof. Yeah. That's I what you want. The sexy pirate Just woman. For a second there, I thought you said sexy pirate Badoof. I'm like, what? <laughs> sexy pirate Badoof. Fan art it. Um, it's already out there. <laughs> Probably. SoccerRangersPodcast at gmail.com. You, you know what? If this actually comes through, I will put it on our Instagram and credit you. <laughs> Do it. I dare you. I don't even care if it's in crayons. The more crayons, I, I'm better. serious. Like this, make make cosplay me's day. Uh, <laughs> um. Also, this game's really into eye patches. Like many characters have eye patches. Apparently, eye patches are cool. A lot of people got poked in the eye. Whoopsie. <laughs> so, John, when we were talking about this game being similar to Breath of the Wild before the podcast, you had said you wish there were more ways to customize your main character so your main character is you get to pick a boy or girl at the beginning of the game um they say they uh there's this bad guy who steals your twin so they'll steal your male twin or your female twin depending on who you pick um so you do get to kind of choose your avatar but your avatar is going to be your main person is going to be the wind element and they're going to look how they look and john was you were what were you saying about well I look for all this, and there's all these cool guys, because one of my favorite guys to play as, I'm spacing on his name right now, he's got red hair, and he fights with a claymore, and he uses the fire oh, element. Deluke? Yeah. He's cool, because he's just a powerhouse. He's perfect for my play style, but what I thought would have been cool to, maybe they'll introduce it someday, is if the your your avatar, not really customizing your look, but if you could use the other weapons. That would have been a cool aspect, like not just be stuck with the longsword. I thought it would be kind of fun to maybe branch it out, use the bow or the claymore, the spear. Because there's all these really cool weapons in that universe, and these people are all using really cool weapons. I thought it would be cool to, like, customize that part. Not a big deal for the look, though, because I get it, it's for the story. Yeah, I don't really play as the main character anymore. Um, Now that I've found characters I like more. Yeah. Um, basically, we just switched my main character for cut screen, cutscenes. 
um, or if I need a wind person. But then I just like sucrose better anyway because she's so cute. She has two <laughs> beans on the bottom of her shoes. Amber's the best. Amber has the best thighs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she is pretty fly. Did a number one Ronstadt gliding champion. <laughs> I do like Amber a lot. I feel like she doesn't do a lot of damage, though. But I do like her Baron Bunny, and I do like all the YouTube videos people have made of her little bunny attack dancing. Um, but, Noelle is fucking invincible. I, you know, if we're going to play that game, I would like to introduce you to my religion. Uh, it is called uh, Caking. Why is she your waifu? Because she's electro and not useless? <laughs> That's part of it. What about Jane? Jane is cool. Jane's not... pants are very tight. Um, Fischl's cool. I like her bird, but her personality is kind of awkward. Um, I just encountered her in the plot because I'm not very far. Um, I'm just going for the wiki right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Zhang Ling's cute. I really like her spicy food. She has this whole spicy food side quest where you go help her find ingredients. <laughs> Yeah, let, let, I think we're actually kind of burying a lead with this game here. Like, I, I know a lot of people have listened to this and probably already dabbled into this anyway. I don't really care. Uh, something that really needs to be credited with this. So, the developers spent approximately $100 million making this game. Mm -hmm. I, it sounds more extreme than what it actually is. But this... Just for perspective, this is what we would go and expect for most modern AAA titles. And you're talking about just for one localization on there. This was designed to go and be released basically across the international, you know, uh, at very least uh, PlayStation Network. If not going into the mobile platforms, because there's more than just Android and iOS, depending on what markets you're in. They've got different names and stuff like that, depending on what market areas they're released in. This game has some of the best localization that I have ever seen. The fact that there's fully recorded voice tracks in 20-some languages is really impressive. And the fact that uh, vocal syncing is actually attempted on each one of these... That's unusual even for a AAA developer. Most of the time they develop in one language. And even if they overdub, it's very rare to go and see something where they actually go and do proper typesetting. It's something that Nintendo has been praised for that a lot of other developers have found themselves getting criticized for with a lot of things. This one from the opening of the game is fully voiced. It's narrated. I can't go and say everything in the game is done that way, but... Any serious story beats are done this way, and there are so many dialogue moments. I honestly thought when I first started playing this, kind of like that thing of, okay, how long do we really go before I have to go and spend money on it? I kept waiting for them to run out of material. I kept waiting for it. It's like, okay, well, when the tutorial's over, they're going to stop. No, they're still doing this. Okay, well, they're only going to go and do it when it's a major story element or not. No, there's still more of it. That is true. That's something that you kind of, um, it's like when you walk into a clean home, you don't notice like, wow, it's so clean in here, but you definitely notice a dirty home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like that's the sinking to me. Um, yeah. But that's true. And, um, there's a really cool list of, um, voice actors who were in it. I, I wish I had it up, but a lot of really well-known anime voice actors. I know they have one from... Uh, I think somebody who voices... I don't want to misquote, but um, there's, yeah, there's but... a lot of known anime actors who are in known animes <laughs> for the English dub. Hmm. So, Yeah, no, it, it's very clear that this had a lot of money put behind it and it was put into the right place. It actually managed to go and make back its development budget. They say they made, that they made back their development budget in two days. Oh god! I suspect there's probably more going on than just that. Uh, there are some other controversies with this game that I don't really want to get into because nothing has been brought up or proven in court yet, so I'm not going to go into it. But th this game clearly has had a lot of money come from a lot of places to go and give this now 300-person team as much as they've gotten to develop this. 
the fact that they were able to make back their outside investments as quickly as they did, whether it be two days or probably closer to a week and a half when you factor in advertising, distribution, all that kind of stuff, that's really cool. I love success stories like this. And I'm sure most of it was in the Japanese market. <laughs> oh, I you can actually guarantee that on there because, yeah, this, this became the most downloaded game of the year on the... Uh, uh ios or sorry the uh app store for ios and i can't remember what google releases uh android under the name of over there google play yeah yeah well it used to be well it's got a different name now uh no i'm looking at my phone right now and it literally says google play i'm not sure what you mean in japan it's still a play store oh sorry i japanese i didn't realize yeah that's what i mean (laughs) well sorry my bad (laughs) my bad yeah no 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 that's the american market versus international yeah because they don't use the same yeah 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 no whatever it is over there it became the most downloaded game of the year uh and this is a game that came out in september it did that day one oh good lord so yeah you you can pretty much guess on how many people are playing this and how much disposable income there is when you're talking about this kind of game yeah, just look at look at how much money Fate Go has made for God's sakes in Japan. It's insane. It is just part of the culture over there. I also kind of dug through and I found a, a short list of the voice actors. Oh yeah, no, let's yeah. let's let's hear some notables. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Amber was played by Kelly Baskin. Yeah. You know who else she might have done? Um, Barbara played Laura Megan Stahl. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, Elgar and Clark. Uh, Bennett was played by Christian Venezuela. Deluke, Sean Chiplock. Jean was uh, Stephanie Sutherland. Kena was Josie Montana McCoy. Um, Klee was done by Poonam Basu. Um, sorry if I'm mispronouncing all these. These are kind of Klee. bad, sorry. Um, uh, Nguan was played by Aaron Ebers. Razor was taught by Todd Hebercorn. Venti was Erica Hatchletter. Zhang Ling was Japanese Laster. Zhao was Layla Burzins. Dana Slef was played by Yuri Yolenthal. That sounds familiar. Surakos was done by Valerie Rodriguez. Um, of course, the list that I'm currently looking at is incomplete. Not Doesn't quite have everybody, but still, there's some pretty good names in here. and all, There's a fair amount of them as well. It's kind of insane. Just I wonder how, like, just how many they ended up having, but still... Yeah, there's a couple images like they uh Badil is by the same the Japanese voice actor is the same one who does Holo um mm-hmm. from Spice and Wolf. Uh they have voice actors who have crossed over into ReZero and Food Wars. Um <laughs> Yay, and, Food Wars. Uh, Senpai? Ah, animes are hard. But yeah, the the love one. Mm-hmm. Uh that's why Tyler is, is, is all about the anime. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of them, Madoka Magica voice actors. Um, if you just search search voice actor Genshin Impact image, and you will see little like collages of the voice actor and all the images of other roles they've done. And there's some really notable anime actors. I'm not being very articulate with it, but... Um, yeah, no, it's... Something I'm noticing here, because I just clicked through, like, six of the actresses that have played various characters in this game. And it definitely has a very female-heavy cast, for the record. Uh, That's not me leaving the guys out. It's just, if I click on a random character, it's probably going to be a girl. Uh, (laughs) That being said, I'm shocked by the number of people in here that have dubbed for Miraculous Ladybug and Cat Noir. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what's up with that. They're getting the old crew back together. <laughs> I I guess I'm I'm willing to go and bet that they all probably work or at least have contracts with some sort of an agency mm. that was contacted for this. Just based on seeing so many of the same things listed in here, or I should say, seeing some of the same properties listed in here, that tells me they probably go and work with or are part of some sort of an agency that goes and does this kind of stuff. This is definitely not Fiverr voice acting. Um, I mean, the voice actress for Amber is Toru in the Fruits Basket reboot. 
Mm. Um, and then Kenshin Ono, who's the voice actor for Deluke, who is John's favorite, is uh, Giorno in uh, JoJo's and Co- Kuroko and Kuroko no Basket, Michaela in um, Set, Set, uh, the Vampire, the Gay Vampire anime. You're going to have to be more Seraph specific than end. that. Seraph of the End. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. Anyway, just to say they did a good job, I guess, is... Well, I mean, like, wasn't it Metal Gear Solid who was one of the first games to start actually hiring people, or was it called... Sure, it was okay. before that. Metal Gear Solid was one of the first ones I remember, actually. Metal Gear was a big one because it... Who got Brian Metal Cranston? Gear... Someone got Brian Cranston early on before we were really doing real celebrity voice actors for video games. Uh, Power Rangers? I, part of what you got to remember, though, with Brian Cranston is that he did voice acting work before he was a serious actor. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm... Yeah, like... What, there was also he several worked for, villains. Well, that's just it. He worked with Saban Entertainment... So he did multiple Power Rangers villains and had a lot of uncredited roles mm-hmm. in voice acting. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. If, if you look into his career. There was Snizzer and who was the other one? I'm, I'm trying to remember. I, he said he did like 20 characters on there and he's only credited for like two or three of them. Oh, wow. Yeah. No. He's actually come back and done some stuff uh, while he was doing Malcolm in the Middle uh, the first season. He was getting paid so little for that before it started getting the critical acclaim and started winning the awards, which, you know, that's that's really kind of the jumping off point for him. Him landing that role really did go and change his trajectory as an actor, not because it was supposed to be a big role, but just because it became such a hit and gained so much critical praise. It propelled him forward as an actor, and now, you know, we consider him to go and be one of the best of the modern era. It's kind of funny thinking about the fact that he literally was going and doing video game and television voiceover work for pennies. He was on that grind. <laughs> <laughs> Blows my mind. Indeed. Yeah, he, he's a weird one. But Metal Gear Solid is kind of an interesting one because one of the focuses with that was they were focusing on the international release. And they wanted to go and have uh, fully voice acted sequences and they wanted it to go and have the quality of a cinematic film. It wasn't the first to do it, but it was definitely one that tried harder than anybody else. And they paid for voice actors that were actually worth something. They went to people that went and had television credits, you know, going and doing animations. They went with people that actually had worked inside of real production houses. They hired on vocal directors to go and make sure that things came out right. Not just read your line. Oh my god! It's a Metal Gear! Solid. Yeah, Yeah, it's a. They refer to it as a Metal Gear. A Metal Gear? (laughs) So, Brian Cranston had three roles with Power Rangers. He had Mm -hmm. Snizzard, Twin Man, Mm -hmm. and Zordon Zordon, in 2017. (laughs) I was going to say, it was only like 20 years later, but yeah. No, what a fun throwback, though. That was pretty cool. Wait, for Zordon in 2017? Yeah, the Power Rangers... Uh, yeah, oh, that's right. We've, yeah. We've come so far with having people voice. Now they're doing, like, motion capture for... I mean, they've been doing this for a while, but it's just wild mm-hmm. to think that, like... I don't know. They didn't really try with voice... Like, they had voice actors. It just didn't seem like they do a lot. Of, did a lot of takes or cared if the characters actually sounded like they're... We're having a conversation, right? Yeah, well, it, I. And also, I think it also had to do with the fact that it, it wasn't until like the late '80s and early '90s that people like the, like with the way that voice are the the more more. Uh, I'm just talking about video game voice acting. Well, yeah, but with voice yeah. acting, it still got more. It got better the with the with how the more anime because I think they're more linked up together. Um, I think that makes some sense. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, are you talking about for anime dubs? Uh, well, both, yeah. actually. Kind of more along the same lines as both. Because the more that they improved with anime dubs, I think that they also put more emphasis onto with video games. Yeah, well, when it comes to television production, for sure. You know, movies have always been focused a lot more heavily because even with animation, it's still considered to be art. You know, whether or not the Academy of Motion Pictures uh, wants to go and recognize Beauty and the Beast as the best movie 
of uh, 1991 uh, is a whole nother story. The fact that they felt they needed to go and create an animation category to make sure they never had to nominate an animated film uh, for Best Picture ever again. Uh, it's completely just kind of off by itself. Uh, but yeah, television animation in Someone particular. Salty. Yeah, uh, just a little bit. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm salty. I'm salty like Rob. He's so salty, that Rob. <laughs> salty like a saltine cracker. I don't care if it's 30 years later, I am still going to mock relentlessly the fact that <laughs> the Motion Picture Academy of Arts and Sciences felt the need to not only go and just brick wall animation forever, but put together a category shared with musicals to make sure that neither one of them would ever have a chance of being nominated for Best Picture because there was no other category to put them into so that the people that were making it would get a nod. No, I hate that. Academy Award snob like our Rob. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I just see it in the way that video games, the the quality of video games directly went up at the same time as animes and cartoons and everything like that. I'm not, not saying that there wasn't amazing voice acting in the beginning, because there's obviously many good, great voice actors in the past. But it's just saying it's just, eh. Yeah, it, there's a lot of things that were credited. Yeah, exactly. Like, But there's a lot of people that, I guess, put a lot of work into it as well to make it even better and stuff like that. Um, I I would say animated voice acting has always been of a standard quality, of a good quality, but I think they are more leading towards people with star power, I think is the difference. I I think you're... Oh, sorry. Well, that's all. Yeah, uh, there's a certain truth to that, but I will go and say, with the exception of a lot of serialized animations, which, you know, I hate to go and say, once again, tying in with movies... That stuff has always had a really high standard on there. You know, you go and look at Mel Blanc with his Looney Tunes yeah, roles yeah, and Blanc, a lot yeah. of the, you know, legacy characters that would go and play uh, characters, you know, like in the Disney catalog and whatnot. Uh, names escaping me, please forgive me, everybody. With a lot of the serialized stuff that was put before films going into really the 1970s and 80s where that kind of died off and you started going and seeing more attention and focus towards television-based animations. Yeah, that makes sense. That's when you started to go and see kind of a weird thing happening, because this... Well, it's sort of, because the problem is, even looking back at, like, The Flintstones, which is one of the best success stories for an animation, you know, in primetime television, Mm -hmm. even with that, voice acting is not great on there no like they did a good job when it came to going and casting the main you know we'll go and say six characters that you'd go and deal with in an episode but a lot of the background and incidental characters half of them didn't even go and have pop filters on the mics Mm -hmm. (laughs) they were just basically pulling in production assistants and stuff like that and having them read lines and they were almost never given good vocal direction exactly go do it so that stuff really didn't mean a lot (laughs) <laughs> and yeah, especially when it came to dubbing anime, I say this as a guy who owns a lot of DVDs of animes that were dubbed in the late eighties, yeah, all the way through the nineties and into the two thousands. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There were definitely some production houses like ADV that put a lot of effort into their dubs. You know, the Neon Genesis Evangelion original dub I still think is really great, despite the fact that it's almost a thirty-year-old dub now. You mean you don't like the Netflix dub? Okay, I'm going to go and say this. I still do not think that Shinji was gay, but damn it, he was fixated he with what Kaoru him. said. They loved each other. That's just it. Yeah, whether or not was, it was on a platonic level or if it curious. was wanting to go and get into his pants, there was something going on there. The Netflix dub completely goes and removes that structure of everything that's in there it I takes like that away it's kind of a mystery it makes me feel like the perv for thinking that they're gay but <laughs> like yeah. it makes me feel like am i is now it, ladies is and gentlemen this is exactly also, about like, the about the time where i realized that i was not been recording this entire time uh, <laughs> yes uh, i had actually not been recording this entire process this is actually me going back in post um so 
Yeah, I'll be filling in a little bit. Have you been recording nothing this entire time? Yes, Robert, I have not been recording a single thing. And now I, this is currently almost a week later. Um, once again, everybody, I my apologies if, if the conversations don't quite sync up. Well, Cole, you're out of the episode. <laughs> yep. Uh, and Robert is currently extremely angry at me, and uh, I think he also put up a little picture on his thing. Out, man. It's going to be weird to add you in for the last ten minutes. Oh, jeez. Yeah, well, no, I've been through the whole thing, Amy. Oh, Rob. Yep, oh, Amy Rob. put up uh, problems with, like, uh, old classic style stuff. Rob, it was actually quite Rob, interesting. put your headphones on. I have a solution. Oh, no. Yep, and there you go. See, he's a I little bit a angry at me. <laughs> Whoopsie. Rob, stop your bit humor. Yeah, he's doing a little bit of a Is bit humor. It's quite funny. Back. But yeah, through this entire thing, I've been uh, I went back to the whole thing and I did the a good cover. Hopefully, it's acceptable. No, I'm just gonna edit. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Rob, 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 Rob. Just take. So here's the thing, listeners. Cole didn't do his audio right, so Rob, this whole time, is going to edit Lisa grunting when she climbs walls over the silence. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sakes. <laughs> no, what's going to happen is I'm going to go and edit together this podcast tonight, and guess what, Cole? You get to go and record everything that you didn't say into it afterwards. And that's exactly what I did, ladies and gentlemen. It's not fun. I apologize. Thankfully, you didn't talk too much this episode, so it shouldn't be too terrible. Nah, it wasn't too bad at all. Remember also, I'm going to spank your ass when I see you. Ooh, sexy. Ooh, sexy. <laughs> It scares me on how many people are calling me that these days. <laughs> remember that time DJ lost his whole audio? Oh, yeah. I Do you remember that time I lost my whole audio? <laughs> John's the only good one. I'm not the only one. I've, I'm not the yep. only one. You've yep. lost it before, though, I think. No, I don't think I have. Pretty sure I haven't. Uh, you've never lost it, but you did go and have that one time on where you sent it over and it was literally unintelligible and you didn't save another copy of it. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I think so, yeah. when talking about Genshin Impact, it's a good game for you if you like open worlds, if you don't mind gotcha, if you don't mind a slower pace because they do put halts on your progress to keep you in check. Um, and don't look you there's a multiplayer mode, but it's really meant to be experienced as a single player um, situation. And the story's like pretty good. The world's really nice. There's a lot to it. Um, and there's a lot of animos that I can just get super sidetracked. <laughs> like, I'm going to do this quest. Oh, animo! <laughs> and you'll know what that means. Like, That's the thing with collectibles. But I think the most important thing we discussed before we close out this podcast, who is best? It's the fact that if Cole is going to sound weird because he didn't record anything up to this moment and has to go and do it in post. Yay, me. Ugh. Who's your waifu? Last, last thoughts. Last waifus. I don't have a waifu. Mine You've heard Noelle's. mine. John, or Rob's is that purple-haired girl whose name's hard. Yeah. Caking. I, yeah, I, <laughs> I think it's like caking. You're making cake a verb. Which? Yeah, I know. I, I I'm pretty sure it's caking. Just looking at the phonetics on there, I I know I am not one for the way that that particular uh, diction works, but I I think that's how it's done. If you, you like actually know. Record as an audio sample and send it to me. Soccer Rangers Podcast at gmail.com. Or DM us on Twitter. Or Instagram. Or any we use one of those sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> one of them. John, is Luke your waifu? I would have to say Amber is. Oh, thick thighs tell no lies. <laughs> yeah. Cole, close this out with your best girl. I have no waifu, unfortunately. He has no waifu. <laughs> <laughs> No, Cole, Cole's pun. Hold on, Cole's punishment. In addition to having to record these parts, he has to go and figure out who best girl is. His best girl in the rest of this is a hilly churl. <laughs> oh yeah, I yes. forgot about this part. Cole's best girl is the hilly churls. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Have a great night. Rob already listed all the places to contact us, so I'm not going to relist those. Uh, and listen to us wherever free podcasts are sold, and play Genshin Impact wherever free games are downloaded. Bye. Bye. Also, hashtag not sponsored. We just really want to talk about this game because it's interesting. And let's be honest, anything interesting that doesn't result in a chair being flung through a window this year is a good thing to talk about. Mm -hmm. Bye, everyone. But you could...
sponsor me if you'd like. Genshin Impact. Sponsor Amy. Yes. You can find Amy's OnlyFans at... 